What would June Daly Watkins do acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today. We would also like to pay our respects to elders past, present and future. To use bad taste, you have to know the rules of good taste. Does what we wear really matter? What about taking a call while we're at the checkout? Or neglecting to RSVP? In a rude modern world, what would June Daly Watkins do? While the Order of Australia recipient quite literally wrote the book on manners, we're asking what that legacy really means today. Your host, Jody Bashe-McLean, has had the privilege of working with the late June Daly Watkins for over 36 years. Now, Jody is picking up the baton with one key question. Is etiquette dead and buried? Or does the modern world need Miss Daly's teachings now more than ever? In today's episode, we're talking with Lee Buchanan of Project Runway fame. Lee is not only an established costume designer for stage and screen, but is also a table manners connoisseur. So we asked Lee, does anyone really give a fork about which cutlery you use? That's young mine. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Goodness. Well, I have to publicly thank you. Because of you, when we were at the Carlos Zampati fundraiser for the Lord Mayor's Charity Trust last year, that was a wonderful event put on How by Dykan and Danielle Harris, we were chatting, you were sitting at my table, and... <laughs> You, in conversation, you said, what would June Daly Watkins do? And for me, that was a light bulb <laughs> moment because I had been working on this podcast, sort of doing the back-end research, and I couldn't come up with a name. And you gave me the name, and I called you and I asked your permission. <laughs> I know, I thought that was beautiful. If I could use it. I've been saying it for years. Because you know those Christians from America that wear the what would Jesus do <laughs> wristbands? No, I can't say that can't I do. can't say that you do. Well, I've seen them around. <laughs> <laughs> And I've always thought, no, he's got lovely things to say, but he said them 2,000 years ago. June's a bit more relevant, I think. Oh, So I always think, what would June do? I just, thank you. That's Mm. all I can say. Oh, absolute pleasure. So that's why you're sort of starting the journey. So you're our first guest. Oh, how divine. So I thought it was only fitting that we mention your involvement in this podcast. Now... As you know, I've sort of hounded you prior to this about this sharing a favourite quote, mm. asking, and we're asking all of our guests to share a quote that resonates with them, that sort of epitomises in their mind or their learning as they were growing up, a quote that to you says everything about good manners and etiquette and what you <laughs> would like to reference in our discussions. Mm. So I'm quite interested <laughs> to see that you chose the American filmmaker John Waters. Indeed. Who, I flipped it on its head. I was tickled to discover he was the guy that's been hailed as the Baron of Bad Taste. Is yes, that correct? Yes. May I ask, can you share the quote? I can. And I sure unpack can. it with us. Have you got your glasses on? I don't, but I thankfully you've printed in large <laughs> large print for one of my age. Oh, there's Nana. Well, I went to John just because I thought. I was thinking about manners and it, he did actually keep popping up into my head. Because really? I think he's an incredible human. Oh. Have you seen him in person? He did a show at the Powerhouse a few years ago. It was amazing. But his quote, to quote the fabulous John Waters, to use bad taste, you have to know the rules of good taste. I've always thanked my mother for that. She taught me how to eat with proper table manners and all that stuff to the point of rebellion. But I couldn't have rebelled from it if I didn't know it. 
How well read was that? Bravo. Well, I didn't even put on my story voice. <laughs> <laughs> I often have to read to all the nieces and nephews. But yeah, so... Mm. So why, th- why that quote? Well, just because I think you can only have good manners if you are taught them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You, c- you mm. don't actually know what they are. No, you're not often, born knowing, are no, you? No, and people don't born knowing use the fork on the outside first unless they went on the Titanic when they were little. <laughs> but you're not born with that sort of information. Mm. Mm. Well, that's interesting you reference the fork. So table manners are is definitely right up there when we think of etiquette. Sure. You would, you would, if you said to most people, what do you think etiquette means? I'd say there's about an 85% response that says, oh, table manners. Mm-hmm. But in your opinion, your well-travelled, worldly opinion, mm-hmm. Lee, mm-hmm. do you really think it matters which fork we use? Are table manners that important? Gosh, I think it depends on where you are and who you're with. I think it's about fitting in and almost about privilege and status and all those sort of things. Like, I don't think it matters which fork you use if, if you're having a, a lovely time and everyone's mm-hmm. being nice to each other. But if the kindness isn't there, then that can be a bit judgy, mm-hmm. I think, if you're at a table with people who aren't being convivial and friendly. Mm-hmm. They can be go, ooh, someone over there is using the wrong, <laughs> the wrong implement. They're using the oyster fork for the cake. Yes. There's a wonderful story about Queen Victoria who had a very important dinner. Mm. And there was someone there who perhaps wasn't from their neighbourhood, shall we say. Mm -hmm. So they were a visiting dignitary from another country. And it was very silver service. Every person at this incredible table with the Queen had their own waiter and they were served all these incredible foods, and you could imagine the cutlery went on for kilometres. And, you know, as you say, we always work from the outside in. Mm-hmm. And I often say to some of my students, if you are a little bit concerned about what to do next, always look to the host and mirror what the host is doing, and nine times out of ten you'll be okay because you're sort of doing what they're doing, so that, that works. In this instance, this visiting dignitary saw on the table there was a little bowl that had water and a lemon mm-hmm. in it. And, oh, and they dear. assumed, I think they perhaps kind of might, I don't want to sort of get into any trouble here. So they took the bowl and they brought it to their lips and they had a sip. And of course, all the other knights and princes and princesses around were looking in shock and aghast and oh, goodness gracious. And they turned to the queen thinking, what is she going to do? And do you know what she did? I hope she did the same She thing. did. Oh, bless her, because I often have I don't always love Victoria, but... In that instance, she was oh, lovely. She was the queen. She was the queen. She was the queen. I like that thought process. It's not our job mm-hmm. to pull people up on what they're doing incorrectly. I mean, the, the manners are the, the etiquette, the table manners, the rules to follow, because mm-hmm. by definition, etiquette means the rules that govern acceptable behaviour. So in some instances, if you're in a formal dining situation, you may feel a little intimidated. Mm. If you do know what to do, that sort of takes the edge off a little bit. And that brings me to my question. We use the term breaking bread. So when you break bread with someone, when you dine with mm-hmm. someone, it is... the most, it's a special moment. It's a moment where you're engaged with this person and you want to eat with them. And Mm -hmm. eating with strangers is fraught with many terrible situations where we can feel embarrassed. Mm. And, And I find this quite interesting. The idea behind dining with someone, especially, let's say, getting to know someone, it could be at someone's home, it could be a business situation. 
we're encouraged to talk, to have polite conversation. But from my memory, from as far as I go back, I was always told you shouldn't talk while you're eating. Mm -hmm. So how do we manage to combine the two in a, a nice social setting that we are trying to enjoy the food mm -hmm. but also eat and communicate with the people beside us? Because we've often seen, I'm sure, gone to a restaurant and see two people sitting opposite one another and they eat, they don't communicate. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask your thoughts or your opinion. What's more rude, to talk or not to talk while dining with others? Oh, goodness. Oh, well, I think what it was... What they meant by that was don't speak with your mouth full. Oh. Like, because I think part of good dining is good conversation, definitely. But also I think it's don't talk when you've got nothing interesting to say. <laughs> my friend Bob Down once oh, said to me. I love me, him too. Yeah, we were at my friend's a barbecue, my friend's on their deck, and Mark said, oh, look, when you're in a room full of fabulous people, don't speak, just listen. Oh, That's wow. what he learned. And yes. I learned the same thing from him a long time ago. And it's amazing because often when we're around fabulous people or anyone in particular, we want to impress them. Mm. So we mm. think, oh, I'll tell them that story. Yes. But it's often better to just listen, I think, sometimes. In relation to what your dear friend Bob Down said, yeah. listening is an, a skill that a lot of people do not have mm. because, and again, I don't think it's necessarily a, that we are potentially thinking, I want to be rude and I want to take over this conversation. There was a wonderful quote I heard many, many times, and I'm going to try and reference it. The problem in communication is a lot of people, rather than listening, are trying to think about what they can say next that mm -hmm. will be interesting. So we don't hear what others are saying because we're so excited about being able to make another point or continue the conversation into an interesting space. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we lose track of what that person's saying and, mm -hmm. and they feel that moment that there's a one-upmanship or something mm -hmm. in, in what they're saying instead of really listening to what the person totally, has to say. which is exactly what I just did with my name drop. I know. I didn't answer your question. I told you something that I thought was interesting. Yes. Isn't that funny? I know. You're very smart, Jodie. I am, and I'm going to go back to that question. The question. But I definitely think, well, do I think it's ruder to talk or not to talk? Well, I prefer conversation while dining because it helps. It actually helps you digest your food mm, mm, as well as just being making the the meal more interesting. It does. Mm. And it's little things like that. I think that the key is, and, and one of the things I remember distinctly when I first did my first June Daly Watkins course mm. at 14 years of age in my etiquette class, which I absolutely enjoyed, was the point that was made when we dine, we take smaller portions into our mouths. Because we all know that if we're at the movies and we put our hand into a, a bucket of popcorn, we can fit a lot of popcorn <laughs> in our mouth. We can. Indeed. Indeed. And no one's around and we're allowed to do that. But when you're sort of dining with another, smaller portions allow you to continue the conversation. Mm -hmm. Because we've all had that moment, and the listeners can't see this, but I imagine they can sort of, I'll go through the, the motions of putting the hand up, pointing to the mouth, and chewing and nodding as if to say, just hold on a moment, I've got something in my mouth. So if we take smaller portions, we can chew that, swallow, and then we can engage. Indeed. And we tend to eat slower when we're chatting. Mm. And you're right, it helps digest our food. Mm. 
and enjoy it more. Mm. Mm. Savour the flavour. Savour the flavour. Okay, I've got a question for you. And I did pre-warn you about this question Mm. because I would never want to put you in a situation where you may not know the answer, but I know you already knew this answer. Did I? Mm. I have no, I can't remember the question. (laughs) I got hit by a bus, Jodie, so I forget everything. Everything's new and everything's a surprise with me. When did you? Oh, years ago when I lived in London. I got hit by a double-decker bus. And you survived? Just. Wow. Speaking of breaking bread, here's my question. As you well know, when dining and there is a bread roll or a fabulous piece of sourdough that's been placed on our bread and butter plate, which is to which side? The left. Thank you. And our glassware? To the right. Well done. You're fantastic. (laughs) Um, There is a great trick you can do. If you imagine with your left hand you're doing the letter B Mm -hmm. and then with your right hand you do the letter D. And wherever you go in the world, Lee, the bread will always be on the left and your drinks will always be on the right. So you're never confused. The only thing I will say, don't do that so people can see. You don't hold it up, yes, at (laughs) shoulder height to say there's a B and there's a D. Well, you could be just saying this is is spot on. You could. could. (laughs) Back to the question. Yes. Why do we break bread? With our hands, with our fingers, we don't cut bread rolls. Bread rolls are meant to be broken and then we take a little piece. Where did that come I don't from? know. I want to say it's because that's how Jesus did it at the it last supper. Jesus. Oh, really? Yes, you are. <gasps> Do you know what? A friend came over to my house the other night for the first time and said, just... are you an incredibly devout Christian? And you, I said. You know a lot. I know. I, will, I, will, I always thought I'd be a priest when I Grew okay. up. Okay, you probably probably are in a sense. And my with, mother's with, a minister. Yes, with you know people coming to you, you have one of those personalities that people would chat to you and tell you mm. things, which is mm. a wonderful compliment. Mm, thank you. Mm. So yes, and I've got iconography. I like rosary beads and things. So I people think I'm Catholic. I'm not. I'm Anglican for crying mm. out loud. Thank goodness. Um. Yes. <laughs> Cro- crikey. Yeah. So yes, because I've got a lot of. You know, statues of Jesus and pictures of Mary on the wall. I've got, I've really always have the Last Supper in my kitchen. And I've got, he used to hang over the stove, like this giant Who, Jesus? picture of Jesus okay. with the flaming heart, what the sacred heart, you know, on fire and his hand up. And I'm not sure if he's blessing us, but in my opinion, he's saying, hold the chili, I've got heartburn. So I, I always think of Jesus when cooking. Mm. Mm. Well, I did a deep dive, just. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I thought, because I did Oh, researching the bread. Yes, I did. I did. I I thought I'd research. Because I I often have this question from students. Sure. Generation Z, Y. They want to know. You can't, the days of sitting in a classroom and the teacher telling you something and you go, okay, those days are long gone. Mm -hmm. So we need to know, if we're going to say to a young person that the correct way to eat a bread roll would be to break bread, break a piece butter. It's all done on the bread and butter plate. You bring Mm -hmm. the butter to the plate. You don't sort of take the butter from the butter dish and then butter Mm. the pieces. Everything comes to this working plate, a little bit like an artist's palette, if you like. And you break a little piece, you butter, tiny piece, pop that into the mouth. That's how it's done. Mm. Now, I did do a deep dive and I will give you a bit of a, a very brief explanation because as you can see from the papers I have in front of me, it's pages and pages. Is that all research about bread rolls? Yes, I do my research. So breaking one's bread goes back to the time of the Old Testament. I'm so impressed that you put Jesus. (gasps) No, that's pre-Jesus. Well, yes, it is pre, but you know, he sort of 
Well, it goes back to there. Yes. Because the custom was for leftovers at the dining table to be collected after the meal and given to the poor. In consideration for those who would receive the leftovers, one only broke off what piece he would eat from the bread. Thus, some surmised came the expression breaking bread together and also the fact that we don't take all of it. We take a small piece. Mm -hmm. That's the only evidence I could find. There was a lot on how one eats a bread roll but not why. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. So, Isn't that, but that is lovely, it's the sort of... Sharing. Sharing what we need greedy. with the poor, yes. Absolutely, and only taking a small amount. That is lovely. As much as we I need. recall the days when often in like a white linen tablecloth restaurant, the bread roll was put directly on the table. It can be. And then they would come round with the little dustpan yes, and yes, tiny broom yes. and sweep it away before the next course. I know. And there's sort of different variations on when you should eat a bread roll mm-hmm. as well. So some say if you're all seated and the bread roll is there and if you go to a restaurant, they will come around whilst you're having a pre-dinner drink. It could be anything. Mm. And the waiter will come around and ask you if you'd like some bread and they'll place it there. And you can eat it then in that situation. Some say you should wait for the first course and then it should accompany that. I think that sort of explanation is a little bit old fashioned, mm-hmm. shall we say. So it's it's more about that once it, it is there and you're being served, you are absolutely okay to eat it then. Sometimes the bread comes out as a part of the entree or, or appetizers or whatever. So yes, it's a minefield. Mm. And it is a minefield because these things can become quite overwhelming for some. I know that uh, I have friends that often say, you know, it's all just, it's all too much. I just want to enjoy the meal. But I don't think they are. I think once you learn them, you mm-hmm. know them. And you know them. Once sure. you've learned them, you know them. As your quote said, yeah. you know, how can you do the wrong thing, really, unless you know what the right thing is to do? That's so it. learning that, I think, is really, really important. So here's a question for you. Do you think it's possible? Because in the beginning, you sort of simulated good manners with being shall we say, proper, Mm -hmm. elegant, dare I say, a little bit snobby. Mm -hmm. So are we able to disentangle the thought process that having manners means that you think you're better than others? Table manners, we'll use that as the example. Because I know that often people will say, oh, that's just thinking you're better than someone else. So how do we disentangle that to say, well, no, knowing table manners is okay. It doesn't mean that you think you're better than another. It's not snobbery. Mm. I think it just comes down to doing it in kindness. And Mm. if everyone's kind, you won't offend anyone because we're all trying to do our best. We are. Does that make sense? It does. I think one of the explanations of the origins of etiquette Mm -hmm was the theory that the French aristocracy were were responsible for coming up with the rules, hence why a lot of the words are French words. And they had a, a belief. They, I think they were in their castles counting mm. all their money and just looking down upon everyone else, as they did very well back then. Mm. And they decided that there should be a set of rules that would distinguish one from another, mm-hmm. meaning well-bred versus not so well-bred. Mm-hmm. So if you were trying to impersonate someone from the royal court, it was easily, easily distinguished whilst they were dining. So they came up with these rules. So if you were well-born, that you would know how to navigate the dining situation, mm-hmm. hence 
where it came from. And I think that is why people think Mm -hmm. to use table manners or to push table manners on another is to say that you think you're better than another. And Mm. I don't think that's true at all. Well, and it could also be the whole English versus French thing because we had, you know, the well, French are all being proper at the dining table, mm. whereas Henry VIII was just throwing his turkey leg over his shoulder. He was, and he they didn't have forks to begin with. They had knives. Mm. So the knives were used to pierce the Stab food, it. put it in the mouth, mm. and when and they would set the table when visiting kings. It all comes from things like that. Cheersing, you know, tipping some of the mm. poison into your friend's cup. Absolutely, and that's why you Ooh. would cheer and then you would sip, and uh, that's why we the kings had people who would taste everything Mm. before they ate it. Thank goodness we don't have to do that today. (laughs) I still like to taste everyone else's. So are there any table manners that you think are a must that all young people should, little toddlers from what are they, and maybe some adults too, what are the fundamental ones? If you were to say, okay, if we were only going to have the basics, everyone should at least know this, what do you think they should be? Definitely the chew with your mouth closed. That's a big one, but that's hard for a baby to well, comprehend. No, no, they don't even have teeth one. yet. No, we're not. <laughs> let's sort of plan it mm. to be for children with teeth. Hmm. Isn't it lovely to see someone chewing with their mouth closed though? I do think it's a dream, yeah. especially when you live with two adult children and a lovely husband. And yes, mm. I do. <laughs> I really do. I hope they're listening. <laughs> Take note. It's as easy as that. I always struggle with the elbows on the table thing because I'm often a, hmm, mm, I'm, you know. Yes. I think, Lee, as long as you don't have your elbow on the table holding yourself up while you're putting food in your mouth. Oh, okay. I think that is <laughs> what you just <laughs> That's a, the limit. You just looked to your right then as if, like, you're looking at what, no, did I do that this morning while I was eating? It was like you were oh. like, <laughs> no, um, I, I think that flashback. flashback. I think if you are with others mm-hmm. and as you're eating, I think that's lazy. I think we can hold our body up straight and use a knife and fork correctly. Mm. So to go back to that question, so you believe chewing with your mouth closed, elbows on the table. No, elbows off the Sorry, table. Sorry, elbows off oh, the table. Crikey. Goodness me. Well, here's another question for oh, you yes. while you're thinking about an answer for that one. In your opinion, what is the real point of etiquette, Lee? What is it all about and why is it important? Why do we need it? And let's look at the definition of etiquette. Okay. The rules that govern acceptable behaviour. See, it's acceptable, isn't it? So as long as everyone knows the rules, it's all right. What if they don't? Well, it's tricky because people don't know they're breaking rules if they don't know the rules. That's right. That goes back to my John Waters thing, doesn't it? It does, it does. But is it really, I mean, should it matter? I think it, well, for someone like me who's an aesthete, I hope that's the right word. <laughs> I like beautiful things and I like things to be, and it's a very Anglican thing to mm. like things done, like our liturgy. It's all about beauty. It's about things being nice to look at and to enjoy as well as serving a purpose. So I think that's why etiquette can make things more beautiful, make a dinner party seem more graceful or elegant. Mm. So looking at someone whilst they're dining with you and you can not only see the food that they're chewing, you can hear it. How does that make you feel when you're a... And I daren't say you've never been in that situation. Oh, seeing the food as they're chewing it. And hearing them, Mm. enjoying it. Oh, no, I can't talk. I've got one. When I was reading the questions, I thought of this one friend who I can't name. But 
is one of, well, my father, I'll use my father because he's a noisy eater. Mm. Is he? Oh, I might have, no, I won't even throw dad under the bus. (laughs) Let's talk. I think you already have, Ling. (laughs) Oh, he's a divine man and wonderful. Like my parents, I was raised in French restaurants, so I love fine dining. And remember the days, what was it? Was it Denizens at the top of... Oh, yes. When they had the cloche and oh, all yes. the waiters would come around and reveal your meal. At the side. I miss that. I miss silver servers. <laughs> Gosh, I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. No, but you enjoy it. Why do you think you enjoy it? Because it's a celebration or it's a... Yeah, and it was a, I suppose it was a treat. Like it mm. was, you know, we dress up for dinner. This is what I thought earlier when you asked me the question about I knew we'd get what's there the, the rule end. for, you know, di- eating. I'd like us to all go back to having dinner at the dining table rather than in front of the television. Yes. Even though that's where I have mine. <laughs> well, I mix it up. Oh, yeah. And I, it would be very inauthentic for me to say every single night we sit at mm. the dining table. It is But difficult. I'd say... Five to six out of seven nights we're at the dining table. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm, Because I think for me it's a great way to enjoy conversation Mm -hmm. because what happens in a family, and and we're all busy Mm -hmm. and it's not always convenient that we're all eating at the same time, but I find from my family when we're sitting at the table we talk Mm -hmm. because as soon as dinner's over they disappear Mm. and they come out like meerkats when they smell food Mm -hmm. and then they go back (laughs) into their rooms. So I love the fact that we can sit at the table and we can chat Mm. and we get to know a little bit about what's happening in their lives Mm -hmm. and they may ask what's happening in ours, maybe, Mm. maybe not. I think aside from being able to use table manners, it's a great way to engage. And I believe that is why we've lost the art of table manners. Totally. Because we are sitting in front of the television. Mm. It's easier, it's Mm -hmm. cosier. And we're eating differently. Mm-hmm. We're eating in a very American way. Mm-hmm. We're eating food that we can Gosh. use our fork. Because traditionally at JDW, mm-hmm. we will teach the English. We follow the tradition of the English etiquette, which is the fork is in our left hand mm-hmm. and the knife is in our right hand. So imagine this. You are using your fork to hold the food. The knife cuts the food. Then the knife pushes the food onto the back of the fork. We call those the tines. Mm -hmm. Then the knife is placed down on the plate, not back on the table, blade pointing inwards. There's a lot involved with being well-mannered. Then the tines of the fork with the the small portion of food, not Mm -hmm. a large portion, goes into our mouth, tines pointing downwards. Now, the American way is to cut everything up like we're mm-hmm. preparing for a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Then we change hands. Mm-hmm. We take the fork and it is in our right hand and we use the fork in a shovel-like motion and pop it into our mouth. Mm. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to sit on a sofa and eat that way, 100%. It's a lot harder to use the knife and fork as it was intended. And I think everyone should know how to use it. Use it when, as you said, right at the beginning. Sometimes you need to know these little idiosyncrasies when it comes Mm -hmm. to using a knife and fork just for knowing, Mm. not to feel embarrassed, not to feel in a situation where you don't know what to do. So you can be involved in the matter at hand and that is engaging in conversation and enjoying it. And no one's going to walk around and slap you on the back of your hand and saying, unless you're my child, then I will do that. (laughs) I can't do it much these days. They're adults. Because they would often challenge me, but why? Mm. But why? And now I see them eating and they'll occasionally cross over, but they'll go back. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they think, it actually, once you do it, it is easier. Mm. 
But and knowing for having you tell me why that I think that makes it even more worth doing. To like to know the reason why, not just to be told to do something yes. because that's the way we do it. Yes. And I that was I must admit the practice well, I did my course you ready for this? Over 40 Don't. years ago. Impossible. I know. Impossible. Because you already said you did it when you were 14. And it was over. Oh, that's impossible. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. Next podcast, we're going to talk about honesty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Don't get me back. Um, but, yeah, talking about that, we didn't have dinner in front of the television till I was well into my teens mm. because it was always... Once you were finished your meal, it was like, may I leave the table to watch? Definitely not Home and Away or Neighbours. We weren't allowed to watch those awful television programs. But I was, you know, I was the sort that would watch the ABC. Really? Yes. I had no friends growing up, Jodie. <laughs> I can't believe that. Except, was it Bill that did the movies? Yes. I think he was my friend. Hence, perhaps, the journey you've taken. Mm. Oh, there you go. Mm. Wow. Yes. Mm. Question Swings for and roundabouts. Swings yes. and roundabouts. I do waffle, Jodie. I'm terribly I know, sorry. No, it's, I love that you waffle and I, I, I sort of want to ask you a question because we're being so honest with one another. Mm. I want you to tell me, I mean, you, you sort of did, but you didn't really go into it. Tell me the lapse in manners that really offend you. Now, it doesn't have to pertain to dining, but if it did, fabulous. I've got one. I think it's. Ma- I, I think it's got to do with manners. What mm. is it that this really, it offends you so deeply? It offends me even when I notice that I've done it. <gasps> what is it? Cues, like when you're lining up or oh, queuing. Queuing. Okay. Yes. Cues. I thought you meant oh, sort of like visual verbal cues, yes, visual cues. No, no. no, I mean when there's a line for something. We're not good at queuing. Oh gosh, people are horrific. Because I've got my learner's permit, Jodie, but I don't know how to drive, <laughs> all right? So I still catch the bus. Bless you. Why, may I ask why you have a learner's permit? I, oh, why do I have it? Was no, it? I'm going. I'm trying to learn how to drive. Well, it's, good on you. It's a process. Good on you. Mm. I nearly killed two family members learning <laughs> back when I was 16. So I thought maybe it's not for me. But it may not be, but I, I admire you for giving, giving it a go. Giving it a go. And I drove a golf buggy the other day and I went quite well. Do you well. need a license for that? No, thank God. But I still flashed my learners (laughs) when I picked up the buggy. I said, don't worry, I've got my learners. Was it on a golf course? Yes. (laughs) Royal Pines. Do you play golf? No. My nephew's a little star. Oh, well, see, golf Mm. etiquette is very important. Mm. Perhaps we can unpack that on another podcast. Mm. Plus fours. Fours? No, plus fours. It's the name of the trousers because they used to sit four (gasps) inches below the knee. I did not know that. I didn't know that either until recently because I'm doing costumes for a show at Queensland Theatre set in the 40s. Oh. And so. Fantastic. Back to mm. my question, if I may. <laughs> there I go, <laughs> waffling again. No, I love that you waffle. Mm. So you were going to share something with us that, well, cues that really offend you. Oh, yeah. Do tell. What is well, just, it? just, you know, and when you're lining up to, oh, I suppose it's fast food, but it doesn't matter. When you see a you queue. You don't eat fast food, do you? Look at me, Jodie. <laughs> Crikey. Do I eat anything but? I love fast food. Yeah. Oh, look, once upon a time. No, I'm not going into that. Um, Yeah, cues. Just, you know, when you see that there's a line of people. Oh, when you're at a nightclub possibly or a... Haven't been to one of those for a long time. But but when you've got to go up to the bar to get a drink. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. And I always look to see if there's someone waiting before I go up to the bar. But a lot of people don't. And I've often, maybe I'm invisible in my old age, Jodie, but often people just push past and, you know, 
And the wait staff are often very busy, you know, bar staff. Mm. It's not up to them necessarily to see who was lining up. But I just think it's nice. I think it's polite. And when I get to a bus stop, I like to see if there's anyone else standing around. And I let them get on the bus first because they've been waiting longer than me. Mm. It's not hard to work out who was there before you. It's hard to work out sometimes who came after you, but it's usually easy to work out who was there before you got there. And it's just polite. It is polite. What about the experience at the supermarket? The uh, Not that they have been doing them lately. You know when you go to the deli section and you <gasps> take the little paper number? I make sure I take a ticket. Do you? Yes. So have you ever had any situations there where you've witnessed or perhaps been part of a, a mini altercation a or catastrophe drama? catastrophe at the mm. deli. Pro- I've probably caused them. Would you? Because I'm usually the one with the ticket and then someone will say, I've been here longer. I'm like, but I have the ticket. I have the number. No, I would I would have noticed if Beryl was there before me. Would you ever, so you're in line at the deli and it's mm-hmm. very busy mm-hmm. and uh, you want to order your Kalamata olives pitted mm-hmm. and they say next and you've been waiting and you've let someone go mm-hmm. in front of you. So, no, no, you go, which is lovely for you to do that. But this other person just goes straight to the counter. They've only been there for seconds. Mm. What would you do? would depend on what's gone on the, before that during the day. Often I'd just go, oh, well, look, mm. it's not the end of the world and it's more on them than, you know, me waiting an extra five minutes. Okay. Depends if I'm in a hurry. If I was in a hurry, I would just go and get a, a jar of pitted calamata okay. olives. Okay. I'll take this a little bit further. Mm. Oh, what are you wanting me to say? I'll say whatever you want no, me to no, say, no, Jodie. No, 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 I like your answers. This is just sort of putting you <laughs> in a situation because perhaps one of our listeners may have experienced this mm-hmm. or they may. It could be in because Kalamata olives are very popular, mm. so this could happen. So you've been waiting, and but there's a lovely elderly lady who's been waiting longer. Mm-hmm. And she's got her ticket and she's doing all the right things. You haven't got a ticket, but you knew Mm -hmm. there's only a few of you there. And this person comes along and the person behind the deli counter says, next. And this person Mm -hmm. goes up. Would you say, excuse me, that that this lovely lady was before you? I certainly would. And I often do that. Often when I'm at a bar and I see that someone's been waiting longer than me, I'll say, no, I'm sorry, this person was here before me and I was here before you. And do you think it's well received when no. you do that? No. Often not at a bar because people have been <laughs> drinking, especially me if I'm at a bar. Not, no, I'm doing Dry July, but. Are you really? I really am. Well done, you. That's I shocked fantastic. myself. I've raised, like, I thought I'd, oh, like, I aimed for $600 and I've got nearly two grand. Oh, well done. That's How exciting. fantastic. Does mm. that mean you drank a lot or do you just have lots of friends? I have lots of friends. That's great. Isn't that lovely? Yes, good on and you. And it's a good cause. It is. It's fantastic. Mm. And I haven't even, I've been so busy, I haven't even missed her. Mm. And then if you do dry July, you then have sober October. Oh, great. Yeah, so there's, I think they're planning one for every month every of the year. Every month of the year, but, but good on you. I think that's fantastic. Going back to our question. <laughs> so you would, you would remind them that I there do. was someone. Yes. Look, I, I don't think anyone wakes up in the morning and says, right, I'm going to just Push be in. as rude as I can. I mm. think it's sometimes it's the way we deliver it. So delivering it a pleasant way that doesn't offend. Mm. I thought I'd share with you my kind of behaviour or lapses in manners that does offend me the most. And I think, and you spoke about it, but for me it's, and I don't know what it is, it's dining with people and I can hear the meeting. Oh, yes. And 
they're really enjoying what they're eating. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's, it, I don't know, in my previous life, I don't know what, what it was, but this, the sound. Yes. And I get quite cross. Not I wouldn't with people that I don't know. There's nothing I can do. It's mm. just a note to self, don't dine with him again. <laughs> but when it's my family yeah. and I do, I get really cross and say, hey, guys, it sounds like, you know, we're at the, and dare I say it, sort of at the zoo mm. and, and it's feeding time mm-hmm. and I wonder why that is. Oh, it annoys me as well. It does. Noisy eaters. Yes. I mean, and the response I sometimes receive is, well, we're just enjoying it. But you can enjoy it without. I'm enjoying mine as well. Mm, well, Mm. It takes the joy out of eating. It does for me. Mm. Yes. I've often had to leave the table abruptly because I don't want to offend them. No. When it's family. But I just can't. um, You can. Oh, yeah, of course. You don't That's what family's for. Yes, you just, you can chat about it, which is great. Mm. So we've talked about the bad memories, the bad behaviours. What about the behaviours in that manner space that have become memorable? And and it's something that has just stuck with you forever, that someone did something that is memorable and whatever this kindness, this gesture, and it related to, it doesn't have to be table manners, but it was something that stays with you forever. I've got it. It was my grandfather, Rick Marnie, who was an amazing cricketer and amazing gentleman around town. He was big in cricketing and lawn bowls and things like that. And he would often be at meetings on a Friday night. And my nana would always ring me on a Thursday night and say, what are you doing tomorrow night? And I'm like, I don't know. What have you got in mind? She said, do you want to come and babysit me? Anyway, so I would go and babysit nana. And I would always say, well, what do you have for dinner? It was always lamb roast because that's what I liked. But she'd do that because she knew I liked it. And Papa would come home from his meetings and I'd be on the couch and I wouldn't want to go to bed. So I would just pretend to be asleep. And he would pick me up and put me in bed. He'd know I was awake. Do you know what I mean? Is that manners, like the fact that he wouldn't go, hey, you, get into bed. But the fact that he would do that even though he knew I was faking it. I think it's a kindness and I I need to declare to you, I used to do something similar. Isn't that interesting? We love that fact of (laughs) feigning sleep just so we can be carried in. Isn't that lovely? Mm. What a beautiful memory. Mm. Thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, pleasure. And... I think I'd like to say thank you for today. This has been so much fun. You're fun. It's always fun when I'm with you. Well, thank you for saying that. But I've Mm. really appreciated you being part of this podcast. I, Mm -hmm. again, cannot thank you enough for the inspiration for the title. Absolute pleasure. And I'd just love you to say it one more time for us. What would June Daly Watkins do? Thank you, Lee. Thanks for joining us on What Would June Daly Watkins Do? Don't forget to subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode.